Next on BYU Sports Station, the area of most concern for BYU football in 2016. How about a critical eye for the Blue Goggle guys? BYU Baseball gets another All-American nod, and pitcher Mike Rucker tells us where he expects to be drafted tomorrow. And how did the worlds of Harry Potter and BYU collide? Our Hogwarts expert joins us to discuss. Lumos Maxima! Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> we are Harry live. Potter, Harry Potter. We are live in Radio Vision. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, June 8th, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the Sorting Hats Dry Cleaner, Jerem Jordan. <laughs> it does have to be cleaned at one point. My wife, uh, in, in high school, she worked at a laundromat or a dry cleaner of some kind. She washed the Oregon Duck what? mascot one time. Yeah. For real? I was like, did you put it on? She's like, no. <laughs> like, that would have been awesome. Yeah. Isn't his name Puddles or something? I don't know. I'm I trying to remember the name of the Oregon Duck. Yeah. It's yeah, Puddles. Yeah, it is. Source it is, is close to the situation. Puddles for him. It is the Puddles. Duck. Can you imagine the sorting hat being dry cleaned? Speaking yes, the whole time. Yes. Oh, yeah. no, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> BYU Laundry, where I also worked. My, I think my first job BYU was with BYU Laundry. Was that the tie that binds between you and your wife? No. <laughs> it is our love for each other. Or was not it? Not laundry. Or was it your love for movies dating back to the VCR days? Today is National VCR no, no, Day, it, right? No, no, it was yesterday. Oh, it was yesterday? But so it, why are we bringing it up? Because again? I want to talk about it. Oh, okay. I want to know when the last time you used a VCR oh, was. Uh, about a year and a half because my parents still have one. And they still have a bunch of VHS. Like How a bunch many of old people, people have a VCR? I, I know there are people that still do because you purchase all this stuff. And then you're like, wait, what? I can't watch it? Of course you can watch it. You just watch it, and there are fuzzy lines on it, and you're like, what happened? Does anyone still produce a VCR? Like, if your VCR breaks, can you go buy a new VCR? I don't know. But I love VCRs because that was some of the first, like, mock broadcasting that I did. I would hook a karaoke machine up to my VCR, and I would, like, dub play-by-play over. (laughs) I remember a BYU-Utah State game in, like, 95 or 97 or something where I would practice play-by-play. Recorded onto a VCR. Wow. Do you still... Ha- Please tell me you still have that tape. Please tell me that tape still exists. I don't think I have that one. Oh, Jeremy, there's got to be something. I have, I have some VHS tapes of me from high school. Yeah. Have you, have you gone back and watched them? I, no, that'd be painful. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to. There's, a, there's enough... How much... Listen, there's enough bad content from me on this show. You can probably much, look from earlier this week. Hey, you said it. How much? How much would you pay for that VCR tape? No one cares. Three dollars and seventy-eight cents. Not like they get a Beckett out and look it up. Oh, that would be hilarious. Oh my goodness, I still own the greatest, the greatest moments in BYU football history. You can watch that on YouTube on VCR. You can watch it on YouTube, but in five different clips, and the quality's not great. Oh, sorry, you had to click on the second clip. Hey, man, (laughs) I don't. It's I don't want to. I don't want to watch poor quality video. The VCR, then don't watch any VHS the v- ever. The VCR and the VHS provide the most high-quality production of that 
I'm, said tape. I'm, I'm getting all riled up. You know what we have in our office? What? We have Tecmo Super Bowl. That and we the do. original Nintendo. That we now, do. Now that, we're like... <laughs> just to clog it in there and the get Nintendo it to work. Game. Yeah, exactly. Oh, happy National VCR Day yesterday. Here are today, longest, today's... Longest four minutes of my life. Here are right today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Cougars have nine competitors in Tracktown, USA. Eugene, Oregon. What's up, Puddles? <laughs> Today, for the start of NCAA Track and Field Championships, they run through Saturday. The first Cougar to compete will be Jackson Walker in the decathlon at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Good luck to everybody. BYU Baseball's Keaton Kringlin, a.k.a. Hingle McCringleberry, was named Louisville Slugger Freshman All-American this morning. That's very cool. Pitcher Mike Rucker of BYU Baseball will join us in 15 minutes. The Major yeah. League Baseball draft is tomorrow. How about that Keeter pop? Baltimore Ravens head coach John Harbaugh said Bronson Kafusi is out until training camp starts with a wrenched back he received on the first day of OTAs. Is that the official designation? Uh, I have a wrenched back? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've had a wrenched back for four years. <laughs> yeah, A lot of old people have wrenched backs, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and Chase Fisher is working out with the Utah Jazz today. The Utah Jazz do a nice job of, like, Chase Fisher's not going to play in the NBA, but they try him out. Uh, throw a bone to some of the local schools, which is very nice. So, Chase Fisher, my recommendation there is grab as much swag as you can. Mm-hmm. Shoot a lot of threes, man. Rise and shout as well. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The area of utmost concern. ESPN.com released the following article yesterday. Quote, Scary, scary stats. Each top 25 team's most daunting metric. This is specifically for college football. Two of BYU's opponents were put on notice. 15th ranked Michigan State and their trend of giving up long, completed passes last season. How do they stop it? 22nd ranked UCLA. The Bruins were put on notice for having to replace 65% of their yards from scrimmage. But what about BYU? Obviously not in that top 25 list. Where do they face a daunting metric? That brings us to our Twitter question. What's the area of most concern for BYU football in 2016? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Boyd underscore Johnson. Cornerbacks. BYU football will face plenty of talented quarterbacks and wide receivers during the Power 5 gauntlet plus Boise State. Huge test. Is that a Donald Trump thing? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Huge. Okay, to me, it has to do with the offense, which brings us to the stat of the day. Ooh. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Zero members of BYU's offensive staff coached FBS, or D1A, last season. How about that? Now, now I think that this staff has many capable and talented people on it. Now, Mike Empey is a returner to BYU, but I'm talking specifically last year in FBS. Zero. Ty Detmer was in high school. Zero. Steve Clark was in FCS, which is like D1AA, okay? So I think they'll be fine, but I think there'll be a learning curve for them initially, right? And that has cost BYU in some seasons where they had a really good team, but at the beginning just got out to a slow start. I think that this staff will be good, but I think it might take a little bit for them to figure out uh, what their identity is as a group. It's one thing to be in practice. It's another to be on the field. So zero BYU offensive coaches – were in FBS last year. A concern initially, not a concern for me over the medium and long term. How much of a concern given that they inherit a pretty good team? Helps. Yeah, you're exactly right. I'm just I- isolating the coaching. But yeah. 
what would what would help a coaching staff like this the most? I don't know to have two capable quarterbacks <laughs> and to have the all time leading rusher in waiting and to have a Kurtz and a Jurgens and a Pearson and a Laulu Pututau in the wings, a Trinaman. Uh, a squally Canada, four or five starters Algie Brown on the offensive line. Yeah, I, I I like the offensive weapons that BYU brings back. So the learning curve that's that's the the interesting dynamic there. Is, that curve might be eight games. Like yeah, <laughs> it's just that schedule is really tough. Like you, I think this is the hardest schedule BYU's ever had, and you have a new coaching staff. So it's like, welcome to Brigham, brother. <laughs> All you got to do is go beat Arizona, Utah, UCLA, and West Virginia in And September. you'll be fine. You're all good. If you do that, you'll, <laughs> you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Just win, and, and everything takes care of itself. I'm going to stay with you on the offensive side of the ball, but I, I'm focusing on the word balance. BYU, do you know where BYU ranked nationally in rushing yards last season? I, I, do, I do, yes. I, I knew it was poor, but I didn't realize just how far down the list the Cougars were 111th, 128 yards per game. That was one of the worst in the country. Here's the That's thing. out of 128, by the way. So the 18th worst rushing team in America. And people were like, well, wait, they threw the ball a ton there. Yes, BYU had a great passing offense, but there is much more to a good offense, including balance. If you can run the ball and maintain that effective balance, you'll be successful. How about this? 19 of the top 25 rushing teams in America won eight games or more. And that's where BYU wants to be, is in the eight-plus category. If you're going to schedule tough, you want to go eight-plus. Yeah, championship ball is running effectively, dominating line of scrimmage, and playing great defense. That's championship. There's a reason Oregon and Baylor don't win the national title. That's not championship. That's not a championship system. It's, it's scheme-based. It's scheme-based. Like, the Warriors have figured out a scheme that works at the next level that the defenses are trying to catch up to. BYU in the 80s, Spencer, could throw the ball, and, and people are like, what's going on? Right? Yes. It, that doesn't work today. Everybody everybody To win a title, it. yeah. Everybody throws it. I don't it. think BYU football is competing for the national championship. I think they're competing for 10-plus wins. Listen to the names some of the names in that list of top 25 rushing teams. You brought up Baylor and Oregon. They run a ton of plays, okay, and they have dynamic offenses. But LSU, Ohio State, Stanford, Oklahoma, TCU, Alabama. You notice the trend of those teams? They, they, you've termed it championship ball. Bama was 31st, just outside the top 25. But the point is, if you can run the ball effectively – you're going to have great success. And that's a per game. Like, we should look into per play, yes. right? Which is probably a better indicator of what's going on there. You all get the point. Great teams run the ball well. BYU's pro-style offense will be designed in a way with a much greater emphasis on running the football. Prepare yourselves, BYU Sports Nation, because this offense will be more boring than what you have grown accustomed to in recent years. But my question is, if it gets results and wins games, who cares? Yeah, the only exception to that is, like, if you said, okay, we're going to run the triple option, but we're going to win more games, I would say don't run the triple option. Yeah. It, like, the whole Ken Niamatsalolo thing to BYU, remember that? Ah, triple oh, option, no. do I ever. Don't have to worry about that, right? Although he was at a fireside in D.C. with the guys a couple weeks ago. I, I think that... This year, BYU will have more balance. In fact, BYU will rush the ball more than they throw the ball. Here's why. 
the talent, the most talent on the offensive side of the ball is in the running backs versus the receivers. I think there's talent in the receivers. Use these guys. Use them. Ty Detmer is going to use them. And he's, he's hinted at that pretty strongly, that they will run the ball. BYU ran an average of 70 plays a game last year, which is lower than I thought. That's down from 80 the year before, so 10 plays less a game. And in they, 2013, it was like, nine, it yeah, was like 89. They slowed crazy. it down significantly, even though it still stayed with some of those go-fast, go-hard ideals. They slowed it down. That went away. Yeah. It really did. With Tanner Mangum especially, it really went away. They slowed it, they, yeah, they slowed it down. Because they were seeing that it was affecting the defense too much. The, the, defense, had, the defense defended exactly one more play than the offense. Last year, the defense loves the pro style offense. <laughs> oh, yes, it's like what did <laughs> more time to rest. Say? It's like a huddling is like a chocolate cake. Yes, and with, when a lineman sees a chocolate cake, that's good news. With seventy plays in mind, I would be thrilled. Like if it broke down on average that BYU ran the ball, I don't know, thirty eight times a game and passed the ball thirty two times a game. I think I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, that's the kind of balance you're talking about. It's it's not much over fifty, but it is, but it's going to be more rushing. Yeah, you know you have to wonder. Game number one, the ratio. What will the ratio be in game number one? Countdown to the Wildcats. Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven days away from game number one against Arizona in Glendale at the home of the Arizona Cardinals against the Arizona Wildcats. Mitchell Jurgens Day, right? Yeah, yeah, and good thing it's not the Cardinals. <laughs> I'm really glad it's the Wildcats in that state. What is the area of most concern for BYU football in 2016? Use the hashtag BYUSN to join our conversation. At slarson 801 says, new schemes offensively and defensively. We have great returning players, but can they learn quickly? Can the coaches learn quickly as well? It's like in every job interview. Oh, yeah, I'm a quick learner. No one's like, I don't learn quickly. Just I'm a fly. horrible slow learner. <laughs> Up next, BYU baseball coach Mike Littlewood told us yesterday he expects three to four players to be drafted. One of those, Mike Rucker, will join us next. What's he hearing from MLB scouts? Good stuff. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use that hashtag, BYUSN. Listen up, y'all. BYU Football Media Day is later this month. In fact, it's three weeks from tomorrow on BYU TV and BYU Radio, June 30th. State of the program. We'll have a live two-hour edition of BYU Sports Nation at the uh, regular time of noon Eastern. In the afternoon, BYU Football 1996 Revisited. And then another BYU Sports Nation, uh, I believe at 6 Eastern time. Almost like a post-game show to that 96 show, if you will. So awesome. Tons of live and rebroadcasts and web chats uh, coming up on June 30th. All day on BYU TV and BYU Radio. What is the area of most concern for BYU football in the 2016 season? That is our Twitter question today. At AA14DK says, Offense, defense, special teams, entire new staff means everything is unknown and unproven. Well, that's not concerning at all, that the area is everything. Is everything <laughs> unproven, though? Because you bring back some players. like I, The I, players, listen, certain players are proven, you're right. Within these schemes, no, but how long is it going to take? You only have 12 games in a season. That is you the got, question. You've got to make it go. Right? Speaking of proven players, we are welcomed or we are joined and we are glad to have uh, Michael Rucker with us. Mike Rucker, ace pitcher for BYU Baseball, 11-1 and this season, one of the top 
throwers in the country back at Studio B. Mike, welcome back, man. It's great to be back again. Holy cow. What has your life been like over the last few weeks? Yeah, um, since season's been out, I've been a groomsman in a wedding and um, you know, gotten to get rid of the baseball tan lines a little bit with <laughs> how good the weather's been around here. So it's been good. I mean, obviously disappointing, you know, watching other teams and regionals and we feel like we should be right there as well. But, um, you know, other than that, it's been a couple good couple of weeks. How do you stay in shape as a uh, pitcher who, you know, you were used to kind of really going hard every five days or right. every week, once a week? I guess. Yeah, um, the biggest thing is just um, just keeping my arm in shape, playing long toss. Um, I played catch with Hayden Rogers yesterday, um, which is good. He's um, his obliques feeling a lot better, and um, you know, just getting in the weight room um, whenever I can, whenever I get a chance. Which right now, without school, without baseball, is you know, got a lot of chances. So. Um, you know, about every day in the weight room. A few good. years ago, uh, former BYU pitcher Colton Mahoney, maybe you've heard of him, maybe you know <laughs> him, I don't know. Uh, he he had an experience where he told us, like, I'm a diehard Red Sox fan, and we were joking with him about, you know, what if the Yankees draft you? And then it turned out that the Yankees drafted him. So we, what team did you grow up rooting for, and which team did you grow up rooting against? Rooting against. Um, well, I grew up as a Atlanta Braves fan. I was born in Mississippi and um, there with, you know, TBS and just, you know, the teams that are around there. And um, the Atlanta Braves have a lot of minor league teams that are in Mississippi. So um, that was the team that I had followed and, you know, really looked up to um, Chipper Jones and Greg Maddox when, you know, in the 90s when they were just oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. And they're phenomenal. Tom Glavin, Steve Avery, Fred McGriff. Terry Pendleton. <laughs> they were awesome. Mark yeah, they were good. Mark yeah, Lemke. Yeah, Mark Lemke. <laughs> nice. We're going David well, Justice. Did we just name him the nine right there? That was a fantastic team. Holy Otis God. Nixon. Sid, Sid Bream. <laughs> you didn't expect uh, that from us, did you? No. <laughs> now, here's, here's the thing, research? Mike. Did you, I mean, did you root against somebody hardcore, like in the division against the Braves? Um. Not, I mean, just growing up, I just, you know, I liked baseball. I liked watching good baseball, and I knew that the Braves were, you know, going to compete every time. And, um, you know, I'm glad that, you know, I, I guess I don't have that team that I'm rooting against, just so whatever happens, you know, draft day, I don't get <laughs> <Yeah>. disappointed. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm, you know, I just, I just like the Braves. I mean, being in Washington, you know, follow the Mariners pretty closely as well. Yeah, baby. So That's my team. You're expecting, anticipating to be drafted uh, in the approaching Major League Baseball draft. I think you said the first two rounds are tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the real party begins as you go rounds three through, I think, 40. Like 40? Yeah. yeah. So as you approach that, where where do you expect, when when are you hearing from scouts and from people you talk to, like when, when are you anticipating that you might get that call? Yeah, from, from what I've heard um, – past the first 20 picks in the draft nobody really knows what's going to happen just because there's a a lot of guys that kind of fit that you know second to fifth round mold and you know there's frankly more players that could be drafted in there than there are spots to be picked so um really it's just you know whoever whoever the scouts like whoever the organization likes um whether they like um you know high school high upside kind of guys or whether they like you know um, more proven um, college guys that you know you kind of know exactly what you're going to get when you pick them. So um, we'll see. I think I think Friday's the day that um, that it'll be. Probably Friday's not probably day. not first two rounds, but definitely uh, 
definitely Friday, I think. Yeah. And we're going to be uh, paying a close attention to that, absolutely, on Friday. What What is it that you're being told uh, that you do really well, and then what are some, uh, I guess, questions that maybe scouts have about you? Yeah, so, I mean, when talking with scouts, they, they like my fastball, they like my command, they like my demeanor on the mound. Um, and every time that I go on the mound, I, you know, got to get out. So I'm trying to get batters out, and, you know, if there's any runners on, they're not going to score. That's just been my mentality since as long as I can remember um but as far as you know I guess knocks or question marks um I know that you know some teams are kind of bigger on you know size or whether they're projectable um because you know being six foot you know 190 they said you know he doesn't really have you know much of a ceiling besides you know what he has already brought to the table um so I mean that and also maybe some question marks on my secondary pitches but you know I think I got some pretty good stuff. So we get a kick out of asking uh, excelling BYU athletes when they get drafted into their respective major league what they're going to do with their with their signing bonus, their first purchase. We talked to Bronson Cafusi. He's like, I don't know, I'll probably just eat a lot of really good food. (laughs) (laughs) Buy food. Okay, we get that. And he said he wanted to to uh, to get a better car. What he driving some some Rex car that he had a name for, whatever. But what what's the first purchase for you and your wife with a potential signing bonus from a Major League Baseball draft pick? Yeah, um, right now my wife and I share a vehicle, which um, her working as a elementary school teacher, and um, either I have to drop her off at seven thirty in the morning, which isn't exactly favorable, <laughs> and then pick her up after the workday is done. Um, you know, have, having another car have would be another good. Car. Okay. Another car, okay. Just so yeah. you can sleep in, right, man? Yeah. <laughs> every hour is precious. Yes, yes. every second when you sleep is precious. What, what's a scenario where you would come back to BYU? Is there, is there one? Um, you know, I'm trying to think. I, it would have to be something that's um, unforeseeable, I think, um, whether it's, you know, I just slip super late where I don't get the signing bonus that I want. Um you know, I would say that that's pretty much the only thing. You know, if I if I don't get picked up, you know, top ten rounds or at least you know with the with that slot of money, um, there's a high chance that I'm going to come back. Mike Littlewood told us yesterday that I mean, having gone through the process with his son Marcus, who was drafted I think in the second round, mm-hmm. um, that he's he's been through all of it and he can give you an idea of what that's like and money to anticipate and what the grind is going to be like. So how much does that help to have a coach that has recently gone through this very thing as you approach the draft? Yeah, it's, it's been helpful. And I think it's been helpful um, mostly from, from my parents, just from their perspective. My, my uh, dad's talked with Littlewood on a couple of occasions just about, you know, kind of what to expect. And um, I also have an advisor that's been really good at um, coaching me and my family just kind of on what to expect um, you know, what can you expect from scouts? What can you expect, you know, minor league lifestyle? And also having a couple of former teammates, Colton Mahoney included, um, and then, you know, some other guys that come in the fall to work out with us um, just to kind of share their little tidbits of how it's going for them as they make the climb up towards the big leagues. Um, it's been all been helpful. What's the uh, expectation from you f- for how this will go once you get drafted? Like how soon would you actually play? So um, my understanding is they, they want to get me out as quick as they can. So, um, you know, I think within the first couple of days, they'd have me in for a physical, you know, get cleared that way. And then um, and then from there, just ready to pitch. So um, 
I think, you know, with the amount of innings that I've had this year, over 100, um, they're not looking to put too many more innings on me. Um, probably use me in some sort of relief role, um, you know, whether it's rookie ball or short A seasons, something kind of along those lines. But um, that's pretty much what I could expect from. Like, could you know. be pitching in the next week or two, you think? Yeah, definitely. That definitely. That's that's on the table for sure. How is your arm feeling right now? I know you had some fatigue later in mm-hmm. the part of the season because I mean, you, you had to throw a ton. There was there was a lot literally on your arm and shoulder for BYU baseball. So how are mm-hmm. you feeling right now? Yeah, I was feeling good. Um, even, you know, my last start against Gonzaga, it, it felt good. My stuff was there. I just, you know, just missed with a couple of pitches. And, you know, I mean, they got all their hits in two innings, you know, besides that. Um, you know, we'd throw a shutout against them. You know, I just – um, you know, one ground ball to me that, you know, should have been a double play. And then um, just a couple of, you know, plays in the outfield or, you know, ball getting lost on the lights. Like, it's just that close from, you know, being a shutout. But as far yeah. as my arm feeling, um, feels good. I'm a scout. I'm watching this interview. And this is the last, like, chance you have to lobby <laughs> for whatever with the draft. What do, What are you saying to that scout? Yeah, you know, just – I'm good. So, I know. <laughs> Boom! After, I'm good. Boom! Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, my resume kind of speaks for itself. You know, All-American, first team, you know, West Coast Conference. I'm going 11-1. and one. Um, You know, in this year being my first year as, uh, you know, starter from start to finish, um, you know, I think I've made a name for myself. So, I think that speaks volumes. Yeah, I think that you have yeah. done that, Mike. Yeah, Yeah, you did pretty good this year, Mike. <laughs> I, think I am going to good. agree <laughs> with the statements that you have just made. How much do you like buses and bus rides? <laughs> because I um, imagine you'll yeah, be doing I've, a little bit of that in the minor yeah, leagues. Yeah, I've, I've been on my fair share of bus rides. Um, you know, summer ball, you get a you get a chance, you know, to play with teams. I know there's a lot of guys, um, I think Daniel Shaneman and Keaton Kringlein, I think, um, I saw on Twitter the other day they're tearing it up in Chico playing for the Heat, and uh, I'm sure they're getting their you know their bus rides in for sure, <laughs> logging in their hours. But um, but yeah, I mean I've been there. Um, probably the longest bus ride I've ever been on is 16 hours going from uh, what was it, Kelowna, Ca- Canada to like Medford, Oregon, something like that. So yeah, I mean. They're not the most fun, but, you know, that's the time when you, you know, take to bond and, you know, build relationships with teammates and coaches and all those guys. So you got to make the most of it. A 16-hour bus ride from Kelowna, Canada to Medford, Oregon. Yeah. The thriving metropolis of Medford. I imagine there was some outstanding bonding taking place during that 16-hour bus ride. Yeah, and, you know – uh, a lot of a lot of movies. I can't count on one hand probably how many movies we had to show on the you know on the Holy screens that cow. were up there. But the, Harry many. Potter and Lord of the Rings, <laughs> the whole time, the whole thing, both or uh, yeah, both, both series, both of them exactly. <laughs> Lord of the Rings takes eleven hours. I know that extended only. Noodle it, noodle it. <laughs> We've all done it. Come on. Um, who are you going to watch the draft with, and where are you watching? I don't have any plans right now, so, so that's gonna, to, be to, determined. <laughs> to be determined. To be determined. Hey, I mean, if you want to come watch the draft in my house, you're more than welcome to. That would be awesome. We're like, hey, Mike, they just drafted you. Good job, man. <laughs> Your name is on the screen. That's awesome. Mike Rucker with us on BYU Sports Nation, BYU ace pitcher, All-American, West Coast Conference first teamer anticipating to get drafted uh, on Friday in the approaching MLB draft. What will you remember most 
about your final season at BYU? I mean, it was a year to remember, I think, you know, just with the teammates, you know, um, you know, this being my third year and, you know, a lot of the guys that, you know, were there my first year when I had to sit out for the transfer year, um, just continuing to build on those relationships. I think that, you know, you know, people say it all the time that your years in college are the years that you'd never forget, you know, sure. You remember high school to some extent, but, um, yeah, just the, just the relationships and, um, just going out every day and having fun. I think that's the biggest takeaway. Maverick Buffo somewhere saying, what, you couldn't say my hat stack, man? Let's go. <laughs> Maverick. <laughs> Mike, congratulations on a fantastic season. We're really excited for you uh, in the approaching draft, and we wish you the best of luck, man. Well, thanks. Go thanks, Mariners. Go- <laughs> or Braves, right? Go Mariners. <laughs> what is the area of most concern for BYU football in 2016? At Kugbaka says, I know that Kalani Sataki is a defensive guy, but I worry our guys are going to struggle learning the new system with teams we play. Learning curve. One of the manliest BYU defensive Cougars of all time was on the Bachelorette last night. Is that a big deal or no deal? Mike Record? Hey, welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter. Of BYU fans everywhere. Yo! June 30th, BYU Football Media Day. We will be live at noon Eastern time. That's our normal time. But for a two-hour dish of the show on June 30th, Kalani Sitake, the head coach, Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, and more on BYU Sports Nation. Whenever you say yo, I automatically think about yo MTV raps. Okay? Mm-hmm. We're early 90s theme today. And mm-hmm. then I think about... Carson Daly, what's up? I think of... No kidding. I had collector cards of MC Hammer... And vanilla Collector ice. cards? There were cards. Like from Dude, a Tell me somebody cereal? remembers those. Where'd you get, like, you bought them at the gas yeah, station? Yeah, you bought them at the card store. I, I'm telling you, yeah. they had a series of, like, I rappers. Never, I never bought cards that weren't sports, right? Like, I thought about going to the mall and playing magic cards, but I did not. <laughs> Jerem, <laughs> did you really not do lightning that? Lightning bolt, lightning bolt. <laughs> yo, MTV raps, dude. When I hear yo... I think of Jesse Pinkman. Ah, hashtag Breaking Bad, right? Yeah. With that said, let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. BYU track and field with nine competitors in Eugene, Oregon, today for the start of NCAA track and field championships. They run through Saturday. The first Cougar to compete will be Jackson Walker in the decathlon at 3.30 Eastern. Let's hope he's better than Dan O'Brien. BYU baseball's Keaton Kringlin was named Louisville Slugger Freshman All-American. This morning, congratulations to Keaton. Baltimore Ravens head coach John Harbaugh said Bronson Kafusi is out until training camp with a wrenched back. Those are the words that we received. He received that on the first day of OTAs. And speaking of Raven, we have a Harry Potter expert joining us in the next segment to discuss BYU's placement into Ravenclaw! That by Reddit College Football, they placed every FBS school into a Harry Potter house. So, <laughs> BYU's in Ravenclaw. We will talk to our BYU Sports Nation Harry Potter expert to discuss said placement coming up. There may be some things to that. Ravenclaw. Why, why it works. Yeah, yeah, why it works. Okay. Ch- or not. We'll ask him. Chase Fisher's working out with Utah Jazz today. Good luck to Chase Fisher. Get buckets. Yeah, get those buckets, Chase. <laughs> God guns in America with the, with the Utah <laughs> Maybe Jazz. the most memorable interview ever on the show. Let's play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. 
No deal. Brought to you by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the western United States for over 65 years. Brady Industries, clean solutions, a tradition for generations. Number one. A bonus big deal, no deal here. Just had a conversation from the control room. This quote was just heard in the control room. This has been by far and away the nerdiest episode of BYU Sports Nation ever. And we've not even gotten to the next segment with our Harry Potter expert. Between Spencer <laughs> recording Yo! MTV raps on his VCR and Jaron playing with his wizard cards, it's just gone over the top. I would put you into Mordor if I could right now. How, how, how is Yo! MTV raps nerdy? Nothing's nerdy about MTV, man. Carson Daly, awesome. TRL, man. Back to number one. All right, number one. Big deal, no deal. Bronson Bronson Kafusi and his 40-year-old wrenched back. Uh, I go no deal initially. We're not sure what the seriousness of this is. Um, I I think it's good for Bronson just to kind of rest a little bit before he gets into real training camp, right? I I believe like in uh, late July. No deal. If his coach says he'll be back by training camp. He'll be back he's gonna be fine back okay it's trust me Bronson is good enough and talented enough LeBronson to not like suffer greatly because he didn't get to participate in all of the OTAs he'll be fine if he's ready for training what's a wrench back too that's the if it was like there's a stress fraction his back would be like oh this is a big deal Uh, yes Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah number two it's what I wake up with every morning uh big deal no deal Chase Fisher works out for the Utah Jazz today uh no deal cool for Chase the is isn't going to lead to uh, you know getting drafted or, or signed as a free agent. I, I don't even think Chase will play in the summer league. I think that he'll have a shot at playing overseas. Um, cool for Chase, but in the big scheme of things, I go no deal. I think this is a big deal because it furthers his resume for a professional contract somewhere, probably overseas. I think experiences like this help a player and validate in their minds, I can play at the professional level. This will help his confidence, if nothing less, that he's got getting an invite from an NBA team in any capacity. Because he's a local guy. It's a, that's why he's being invited to this. It's not a big deal. It's just a deal. A lot of other local guys don't get invited to do this. Brandon Taylor of Utah will be there, so that's how I big think, a deal I it think is. Brandon Taylor is a good player. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I'm not going to comment on that player on this show. <laughs> Has nothing to do with any. Yeah, just we're talking about can the dude play basketball at a high level? Come on, number three. Big deal, no deal. Spencer Linton, a closet Utah fan. <laughs> oh my Big gosh. deal. Oh my. Paid by BYU. No, because I said he's a good basketball player. Good grief, you people! What's the real number three? Big deal, no deal. Reddit College Football puts BYU and Ravenclaw in its FBS sorting hat. Okay, now initially I thought this was no deal because I was like, Ravenclaw? Who's in Ravenclaw? It's all about Gryffindor, right? I think this is a big deal because I think that it fits. Mm-hmm. I really do. We mm-hmm. had this discussion. Maybe there's a – okay, let's break down why this why this works coming up in the next segment. We'll save that, okay? I go big deal. Okay, so you're, you're saying because big deal. Because I think it works. But I we, think it's a good fit. Okay, What's your okay, I, I'm with you, man. I think I think that my initial reaction was, how could BYU not be in Gryffindor? But there are there are but reasons. The, <laughs> there are reasons. That was Dumbledore again, wasn't it? <laughs> He's back. <laughs> yes, hey, oh, don't always point at Harry me for the nerd Pot- stuff, okay? Can you name one? Can you name one character 
in Ravenclaw in the no, all of the I Harry not, Potter no, movies. I have no, that's what our Harry Potter expert is for. Who's c- going to join us in the next segment? Yeah, yeah. This is this is a big deal because of this conversation that Jeremy and I had, and we will tell you why it's a good fit for BYU coming up. Number four. Big deal, no deal. Brett Kiesel was on The Bachelorette last night. <laughs> no deal. Fun. Listen, he was in The Dark Knight Rises. That is a big – The Dark Knight. That is a bigger – Dark Knight Rises. That is a bigger deal than being on The Bachelorette. I, I don't even know what he did. I just saw that he was on Twitter, and then it came in the show. So I, I have no idea what else happened for Brett Kiesel. We need one of our students, uh, either Dylan Olson or Chase Metcalf, to confirm what Brett Kiesel was doing no, on The Bachelor. No, we need a female because to I know, weigh in. I know those guys were watching. You guys watch The Bachelorette? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Operative word being man. This is uh, no deal. It's no deal. Because Brett Kiesel has done bigger and better things, like won Super Bowls and has been in the Dark Knight been Rises. In the Dark Knight Rises. Where he told us on the show that his, his uh, character was obliterated. Blown to smithereens, Blown to smithereens I, I believe, yeah. was the direct yeah. quote. In our early days of BYU Sports Nation, I believe when we were only on BYU In Radio. the golden era in the golden of the show. <laughs> Number five. Big deal, no deal. U.S. soccer beats Costa Rica for nil. Uh, I think it's a big deal because it was a must. What do you mean not you lose? Think, what do you mean you think it's a big well, deal? Well, because they could have tied and then won against Paraguay, who's not good. They're forty fourth in the world on uh, on Saturday. But it was fun to see four goals. Should the U.S. beat Costa Rica in everything? The answer is yes. Costa Rica is a respected world soccer team. They they go to the World Cup. Every Going to four the World Cup is not a big deal. Yes, it is. Ask Getting a- to the World Cup is not a big deal. There are 32 teams that get into the World Cup. You're telling me that it's not a big deal to qualify for the World Cup? No, you should qualify. Come oh, on. my goodness. At a Come on. Oh, my goodness. It's a big deal. Four to nothing. US, U.S. soccer needed the confidence. Did we win something? What did we win? BYU Sports Nation will continue with Harry Potter and college football. BYU a Ravenclaw? What does it mean? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan hanging out in Studio B. If you miss an episode of our show live, get with it, people! Or watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. We don't necessarily care when you consume it. That you consume consume it, right? Yeah, that you consume it. Hey, tomorrow on the show, basketball show, Dave Rose... And Tyler Hawes is back from Spain. Tyler Hawes, back from Spain. Ty- Tyler Hawes is back. How does uh, rookie season go in, uh, in Pro Bowl? The all-time leading scorer at Brigham is going to be on BYU Sports Nation. Tomorrow. Maybe he can give us some insider info on the ginger mamba, mm. TJ Hawes. Yeah. His he, little he is an inside source to the, uh, to the ginger mamba. What is the area of most concern for BYU football in 2016? That our Twitter conversation today at Twiggy or Stone says... I always worry about the secondary. It seems like that has caused big problems in the past. Teams throw a lot more now. I'm not sure. Yeah, it feels like that, right? There's more plays, though, so I'm, I'm not sure that that percentage has gone up a ton. But, yeah, the secondary, the secondary will actually be a strength for BYU. It I, looks that way, last right? Last year we thought it would be a weakness. It was not. It was not a weakness for BYU. It was actually, I thought, pretty good. It was Kainakua, better than we thought. Kainakua, Micah Hanneman back in his natural position of a safety. safety. 
Michael Davis, and then that Diane Lake, Troy Warner. That last corner spot has a couple of fantastic up and comers. And there are more dudes we didn't even mention there. It's there's a lot of guys in there. So Matt Hadley. Maybe that eases some of your concerns at Twiggy or Stone. We are so pleased to have joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Thomas E. Walter, our BYUSN Harry Potter expert and recipient of an honorary doctorate from Hogwarts. Thomas, welcome to BYUSN. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you having me on. Okay, we, we need to get your opinion, first and foremost, on why or why not do you agree with Reddit football naming BYU into the Ravenclaw house? Yeah, you know what? I... I, I saw that on Twitter, and I saw kind of in the comments, you know, I noticed a lot of uh, people that were kind of dogging on Ravenclaw, and and, and I in, in my heart, though, I couldn't help but agree. You know, of all the different houses, you know, and it's not like you're in Ravenclaw, you have, you are listed under these certain box characteristics. Now, you can have some characteristics of Gryffindor, of Slytherin, of Hufflepuff, but generally, we're talking generally, I can't help but see a lot of Ravenclaw in BYU, you know, just the fact that intelligence and uh, we put a lot of uh, value on academics and uh, and it's not a bad thing, you know, because even Ravenclaw was competitive in Quidditch. They have it actually in the time of Harry Potter while he was there at Hogwarts for those six years. They were actually in the Quidditch final two of those years, in which Gryffindor obviously won, Harry Potter being one of the best speakers <laughs> ever in the Hogwarts history. I mean, you, I mean, of course, but <laughs> Ravenclaw did, in fact, make it. That's thirty. I mean, if BYU had gone to the championship or the finals or whatever, two out of six years, we'd be pretty happy even with the loss. <laughs> yeah, men, it's basically men's volleyball. That's what you're describing, right? Like, got to the yeah, final is, but didn't win. This I, is Tommy, yeah, I, exactly. Uh, Professor Thomas E. Walter, excuse me, um, BYUSN <laughs> Harry Potter expert. Uh, some your friends call you Tommy. <laughs> apparently, the uh, <laughs> the connection with Ravenclaw I think is good because it's blue, it's claw, is in cougars, and then now the Baltimore Ravens, Ravenclaw. I think I think it's a clear connection. Two cougars, but, but yeah. three, yeah, three, three now. cougars: but, DeAndre Wesley, Kafusi, and Pitt. Would you do you oh think do you think if the Sorting Hat had it shot because this was not the Sorting Hat, this was called Football Reddit, that they would put uh, BYU in Ravenclaw? Um, you know, to answer the question quickly, yes. But, like I said before, it's not like there's this, like, Ravenclaw statistic. You are like a Ravenclaw. These are these characteristics. You fit. You only fit in these. The sorting hat, actually, as we know from the Harry Potter books, as we know in Harry Potter's experience, as we know in Hermione Granger's experience, both of those characters were actually considered for other houses. Harry Potter being considered for the Slytherin house, as well as Hermione Granger being considered for the <laughs> Ravenclaw house. It's not, it does, it's not always an instantaneous decision. It actually debates and weighs it out. So I put together some things that I thought from what you have talked about, both Spencer and Jerem, what you have talked about, BYU, I've decided that it wouldn't be an instantaneous decision, but it would be between first, obviously, Ravenclaw because of what we believe in academics and the higher standard and whatever. And, and, but I think there would be a second house that could be involved, and that's Hufflepuff. <laughs> Because Hufflepuff, Hufflepuff stinks. Of, I know exactly. 
but listen to this. They're full of people who wish they were in a different house. Or should I say, <laughs> oh, right? Independent BYU <laughs> is that what you're saying? Exactly. We don't want to. We don't want to come off as desperate. So I'll take Ravenclaw over wanting to feel desperate in a in a Hufflepuff situation where I'm sorted into Hufflepuff and I'm like. <laughs> Why am I here? I'm not smart, maybe. I'm not brave. I'm not, you know, no ambition. I don't know. Kind of this blah in the middle. And, so uh, Utah State. So I, <laughs> yes, I, I, I would, you know, Utah State tonight, you know, Connecticut, all these teams that are vying, <laughs> that are so desperate for this Big 12 invite that they're creating these packages that the Big 12 doesn't even know what they want. It's, it death comes off desperate. I put those people in the Hufflepuff situation, and I'm very happy and proud that BYU was not considered that desperate. Holy cow. This is unbelievable stuff with Thomas E. Walter, professor, uh, honorary professor of Hogwarts, joining us on BYUSN. Listen, I want to know about Patronuses, okay? What is, what is Taysom Hill's Patronus? Well, Taysom Hill's Patronus, one thing you got to know about Patronuses is it's not always based on a look. It's not, it's a lot of times actually based on an emotional connection. For instance, Harry Potter's Patronus is a stag because it was his father's. Snape's was a doe because of Harry's mother. So it's, it has this more of an emotional, emotional connection. So what I was thinking was Taysom Hill's been through a lot of injuries. Taysom Hill has overcome a lot. He's also obviously a naturally gifted athlete, fast, large, I went with the Komodo dragon. Not normally, Patronuses <laughs> aren't normally exotic. You know, they're more conservative. But I went with the Komodo dragon. Komodo dragons are fast. They're powerful. Plus, if they lose a limb, they just grow it back or whatever. If they lose the tail or whatever, they grow it back. Jason Hill will be playing BYU football for the next 10 years because of his ability to come back from a broken leg, come back from a Liz Frank injury and an LCL tear. Next thing you know, he'll be missing an arm. It'll grow back, and you're just wondering how in the world does Taysom Hill keep coming back. That's pretty good. I went with the Komodo Dragon. Okay. Unfortunately, this conversation has to end now because we've run out of time, but that was amazing. Professor, (laughs) Professor, we appreciate the time. That was amazing. We we know you're busy with many other things related to Harry Potter. (laughs) You know, yeah, just just trying to find some stuff. I appreciate you guys having me on. It was was a blast. Anytime I can impart some Harry Potter knowledge to the BYU Nation, I am totally down for that. This was probably the last time, but we really appreciate the time. Hey, no, I'll be awaiting your call. No guarantees. This could happen again, Thomas. This could happen again. Just All make right. sure you bring enough flu powder next time, okay? I'll, I'll, I'll make it there. All right. Thanks, Thomas. Right. E. Walter on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. What just happened? <laughs> The what Komodo? just happened on the show? Tell me that those were not well thought out <laughs> responses. Were, listen, he's a professor; like he knows oh what he's doing. Oh my goodness! Right? Komodo he, dragon for we, Taysom Hill. We he for, failed to mention this, but he did run out of flu powder. He did want to make it in studio, but he he didn't have enough, so we did it over the phone. BYU, at least BYU is not Hufflepuff clamoring to get involved in one of the other. Well houses. cogitated, well cogitated, <laughs> desperate. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Ravenclaw is basically the BYU men's volleyball team. Oh, that's really like, funny. Like, really, really, really good, but didn't win. Did Harry Potter 1 come out on VHS? It was like 01, right? I wonder. Hey, why is Bronson Kafusi missing practices for the Ravens? Ravenclaw? We'll tell you next in the Cougar Whip Run on BYU Sports Nation. Dumbledore! BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it! 
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Track and Field. BYU has nine competitors in Eugene, Oregon today for the start of the NCAA Track and Field Championships today through Saturday. The first Cougar to compete is Jackson Walker in the decathlon at 3.30 Eastern. Baseball. BYU baseball's Keaton Kringlin was named a Louisville Slugger freshman All-American this morning. Congratulations to the Keeter Pop. Cougars in the NFL. Baltimore Ravens head coach John Harbaugh said Bronze Kafusi is out until training camp with a wrenched back he received on the first day of OTAs. Men's basketball. Chase Fisher working out with the Utah Jazz today. Good luck to the Fisher, the Fisher King. BYU leads the country in attendance among non-major conference schools per Yahoo Sports. Jeff Eisenberg, they average 14,699, which is 1,000 plus more than the second place New Mexico. Cougars in the minors. Former Batcat Jacob Brugman went two for six with a double home run and four RBIs for the Nashville Sounds in AAA. Adam Law in AA, the Tulsa Drillers, also went one for three with a double and a run. Future guests on the show include BYU basketball head coach Dave Rose and the all-time leading scorer for BYU basketball, Tyler Hawes, back mm. from his first year playing professionally in Spain as well as Uncle B, Blaine Fowler. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it, Jerem? I think the track and field uh, national finalists. Good luck to them as they compete uh, starting competition today, including uh, Shaq Walker, among others. In case you were wondering, at Holiday BYU tweeting in the following, Best Buy sells DVD slash VHS combos. So there is that available if you still want to wow. play VHS. Really? Okay. Secondly, he said you can buy Beauty and the Beast on VHS for $25,000. That is not a joke. The Diamond Classic. People are actually going to spend that much money to get Beauty and the Beast, a classic VHS. There are five too many zeros in that number. What in the world? Five too many. That can't be real, right? But then I looked, and it is. Yeah. Unbelievable. We have two and a half minutes between segments, so there was time. <sighs> what is the area of most concern for BYU football in 2016? Our elite tweet of the day from at Justin D. Sweeney. <laughs> Will they give Taysom and Tanner one Heisman Trophy each or simply put both of their names on one trophy? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Thanks to Mike Rucker, Professor Thomas E. Walter, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUS. I learned more about Ravenclaw in that interview than I, I did by watching seven Harry Potter movies. I didn't, well, eight. I didn't know eight. anything about... I read the books, too. I had no idea. <laughs> Show on demand. Download the podcast on iTunes with the TuneIn app for Jeremiah and Spencer. Shout out to Andrew Nash. BYU Sports Station, back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. Harry Potter, Harry Potter. Harry Potter, Harry Potter. <laughs>